Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, we're talking about Umberto Giordano's Andrea Chenier, Eric, which debuted at La Scala in Milan in 1896. Yeah, Verismo at its, uh, at its very best. This is quintessential Verismo opera. Verismo being uh, Italian for realism, which is, it roughly corresponds to the realism movements in literature and, and, uh, and art. And uh, it's about, not about kings and queens and gods and goddesses, uh, but about ordinary people. Andrea Chenier built around the French Revolution. Right. He was a real person. There was, a, there was an Andrea Chenier, uh, Andre, Andre Chenier, and he was a poet. He was a poet. And he did die uh, in the Revolution. And uh, pretty much the similarities end there. <laughs> In Act One, we're in this ballroom in this chateau. So we're in the world of the aristocracy. This is pre-revolution. Right. But the, uh, the seeds of revolution are, are, are germinating, as we see as, as this act unfolds. The Countess and her daughter Madalena are making preparations for uh, a big party. Right. And we have a little bit of an upstairs-downstairs dichotomy because we have Madalena and her maid and her mother all fussing about, you know, talking about what gowns they're going to wear and all this kind of thing. And at the same time, we have Carlo Gerard, who is one of the servants. And he's watching all of his fellow servants, and in particular his father, his aged father, who's ailing and frail. And he's doing, you know, menial tasks that are you know, really beyond him at this point. And he's having to hump furniture around as well. Right. And Gerard is convinced of the immorality of this. That yeah. There are the aristocracy who have this easy life, this pampered existence, and then there are folks like himself and his father who are the people that make that pampered existence possible. Exactly. Exactly. But... He's also conflicted because he is very much in love with Madalena, as he expresses. The guests start arriving for the party. Among them is the poet Chenier. Andrea Chenier. And the countess asks him to... To read a poem. Mm-hmm. And he refuses. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's goaded a little bit by Madalena. Uh, who sort of teases him a little bit and, and goads him into delivering what is uh, called the improviso. It begins with the words, undi all'azzurro spazio. And he, he kind of outs himself as somebody who's sympathetic with these revolutionary ideals. He, it's very anti-authoritarian, isn't it? Absolutely. He uh, contrasts uh, sort of the beauty of nature with the, the misery that man makes around him. It's called the improviso because it sounds improvised. It sounds like he's just kind of making it up as he goes. And it has that sort of improvisatory feel to it, even though, of course, it's not. <laughs> and, of course, this is completely the wrong environment for a poem with this sentiment because here he is sitting among the aristocracy and he's basically telling them everything that's wrong with them. Exactly. And uh, it goes over like a lead balloon, as it were, <laughs> except by Madalena, who 
has the uh, the wherewithal to be embarrassed. And she actually apologizes mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. for him having been put in that situation, that awkward situation of, of, of having to recite a poem. And she also, I think, recognizes that what he's talking about is basically the lifestyle she lives. And she has a maybe a little bit of a moment of, uh, of recognition that she's... There's some truth here. Yeah, very much so. Then there's an interruption. Gérard bursts in and announces the arrival to the, the lords and ladies of this group of beggars. Yeah. He says his lordship misery. He basically, as if he's announcing another guest... Here's misery. <laughs> Again, it's an indictment of the aristocracy. Yeah. Because of the, the economic disparities. Yeah, he's throwing caution to the wind, and he right. basically says, I'm done here. I've had it. And he actually tears off his servant's livery and throws it down. Very symbolic act, renouncing his uh, life as a servant. Right. And how do the guests react? As if nothing has happened. Uh-huh. The aristocracy bury their heads in the sand. End of Act One. Act Two, Eric, and we are in the first phases of the revolution. We're in Paris at a cafe, the Café Otto, and Chenier is there, but at another table is Bercy, Madeleine's servant. Yes. And she's there with this person called Incredibile. Right. He's a spy. He's not a nice guy. (laughs) He's not someone to be trusted. But she's there basically uh, fronting. What she's doing is trying to convince him that she is a true daughter of the revolution, that she's enjoying all the new freedoms that she has, that she's now that she's been liberated from her life of servitude. What's really going on is she is still very much devoted to Madalena. And she's still working for her. Very much so. But Madalena, now that the revolution has happened, cannot travel. Well, she's she's in danger. And so Bercy is acting as her agent. She can move freely about and procure for her, get her food, and, and uh, basically keep her alive. Rouchet turns up, a friend of Chenier's, with a passport for him. Because, as he says, Chenier has some powerful enemies and he needs to get away. He needs to get out of France. Yeah. Chenier basically replies, I don't care. I have faith in my own destiny. I'm not worried about what others may do to me. Well, and his poet's sensibility has been uh, aroused in a sense because he's been getting these letters from an anonymous woman asking for help. Mm -hmm. And he has built this woman up in his mind to be... The be-all and end-all of femininity, and uh, he just, he has to find out who this woman is. Then Robespierre and some of the other leaders of the revolution show up. Among them is Gérard. And Gérard, coincidentally, is also looking for a woman. Specifically, though, he's looking for Madalena. Because he's in love with Madalena. He found out in Act One that he's very much in love with her. So now that the revolution has happened, he's trying to find her. Then... Bercy approaches Rouchet and tells him that there is someone in danger who wants to meet Chenier. So there's a sort of secret assignation where Chenier and Madeleine meet. She knows who he is, but he doesn't recognize her straight Until away. she takes her hood off and, and reveals herself to be Madeleine. I mean, there, there is a surprise there because 
He recognizes her, and she's the woman that has been writing these letters. And this is the woman that he has kind of built up in his mind as being the sort of the height of femininity, of beauty, of, of romanticism, etc. And he finds that he wasn't wrong. <laughs> She's but, asking for his help. And he, in turn, basically tells her that he's very much in love with her. As they are meeting, though, they're being spied upon by Incredibile. Right. Who doesn't trust Chenier and he doesn't trust Bercy either. So he's been watching the two of them very closely. Madalena needs Chenier's help just to survive. Why would she turn to Chenier? Because she has no one else. Her mother's dead. Her, her family's gone. Her fortune is, is gone. She's in danger of, of being rounded up and executed. So, so even being out in the, in the open like that is very risky for her. She, you know, remembered him from, uh, from the party and, and thought that there was something there. And perhaps, you know, if she threw herself uh, on his mercy, that he would... Uh, he would help her. Exactly. Of course, Incredibile alerts Gerard, who shows up. And bars their way as they were trying... They were basically... About to leave. go off together. Chenier tells Rouchet to take Madeleine and to look after her. And then he and Gerard... Draw swords. Draw swords. They fight a duel. And who wins? Chenier. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard is wounded. And when he's wounded, he recognizes Chenier. As the man at the party from Act One who's... Who espoused those sort of Republican ideals. Exactly. And he warns Chenier that he is on uh, Fouquier-Tanville's list as a counter-revolutionary, Fouquier-Tanville being the attorney general. Mm-hmm. So Chenier is on a list, as Rouchet had said earlier right. in the act. Right. So he's a marked man. Right. But when Incredibile returns with the police, uh, Gerard, Chenier has, has fled, and Gerard basically says, I didn't recognize my attacker. He, he protects Chenier because he recognizes him as somebody who is honorable and very much in, in sympathy with uh, the, the cause is at the ho- at the heart of the revolution, if not the actual actions being taken in that cause's name. End of Act Two. Act Three, we are outside one of the revolutionary tribunals. Gerard is kind of fanning the flames uh, in a very fiery speech with the crowd, and, and while he's speaking, this old woman hobbles up to where he's standing and speaking, and she's bringing with her this young boy, her name is Madelone, and uh, explains who she is, and she explains that two of her sons have already died fighting for the revolution. This is her last child, and she is willing to give him over to the revolution, to fight for the revolution, even though you know, she has nothing left to live for but this one child. But she's willing to, to give everything to the cause. And the crowd disperses, singing this revolutionary song, like Camagnole. Gerard asks Incredibile if there has been any news of Chenier and Madalena. And as he asks that, they hear a cry from one of the newsboys announcing that Chenier has been arrested. Right. And Incredibile then says, well, if Chenier is in custody, 
Madalena will be coming around very shortly. She'll be looking for him. Exactly. Because they're at the tribunal. Exactly. Incredibile then takes things a step further and asks Gérard to write out the indictment against Chénier that will be needed for the tribunal. Right. What is Gérard's reaction to that? An aria. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, sing. Sing an aria. <laughs> Nemico della patria, an enemy of the country, in which he, uh, you know, he's, he's in conflict here because, number one, he's being asked to denounce Chenier as an enemy of the country when, in fact, he knows he's not. He's not. He knows perfectly well he's not. But on the other hand, he's got this golden opportunity to get rid of a rival. <laughs> in fact, the principal rival. For Madalena. For Madalena. So he does the wrong thing. <laughs> he signs the indictment. Then Madalena is brought in. She has come looking for Chenier, as they said she would. And Gerard tells her Chenier has been arrested. And he also says, and basically, it was my fault because I love you and I allowed my love for you to sway my actions towards Chenier. And how does she react? Well, there are several ways she could react. But the one she decides to take is, well, I tell you what, if you'll let him go, you can have me. And then, an aria. <laughs> <laughs> and this aria, though, is the big one. Yeah, this is La Mamma Morta. You probably have heard this before. Uh, it was used in the film Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Exactly. When Tom Hanks' character is describing what he feels when he hears opera, and he plays Maria Callas singing La Mamma Morta, and you know, describes everything that's going on in, in the course of that. This area. is when he's he's walking around. He's got the the drip in his arm, uh -huh. hanging the bag hanging on a, the pole, and he's carrying that around as he listens to this wonderful aria and is transported by it. Right. What's happening in this aria is Madalena is sort of giving her backstory of what's happened to her since the revolution happened. Her mother was killed. She, she was killed when they burned her house down. La mamma morta. La mamma morta. Right. My mother died. Bercy, her maid, has since uh, selflessly basically prostituted herself to, to get money for them so that they could continue to live. And, she, and she's procured for her and, and, and stood by her side. And, you know, basically Madalena's life is absolute crap. <laughs> I mean, it just could not get worse. But, but, she says, in the end, at the end of this aria, you know, there is one thing that I still, you know, can grasp, I can hold on to, that can lift me out of this. And that, of course, is love. Gérard says, in response to this powerful aria, he says, well, you know what? I'll see what I can do for Chénier. Uh, I'll go and talk to the president of the tribunal. The tribunal is in session, and Chénier is brought before them. And despite Gérard's attempts to right the wrong that he has done Chénier... Too little, too late. Too little, too late. He is condemned to die. Yeah. End of Act 3. Yeah. 
Act four. We're in the courtyard of the prison of Saint-Lazare in Paris. And guess who's there? Chenier, Rouchet. And they're waiting for the cart to take them off to the guillotine. Yeah. Not before, though. An aria. <laughs> Chenier says, well, let me just finish this poem that I'm working on. Yeah. This Come is... bel di di maggio. Yeah, this is a big one for him. This is a big one. Like and a beautiful he's... May Day. Yeah, he, he's at the end of his life, and yet he's he's still, um, he's got something, you know, he, he still can, can hang on to his romantic ideals. And, uh, and he just pours it out in, the, in this aria. At the end of which, uh, Gerard, at an outer gate, uh, appears with Madalena. Madalena has come, and what she does is she, as, as Gerard runs off to try to do something last-ditch effort to, to save Chenier, Madalena bribes the guard in order to allow her to take the place of this pr- young prisoner named Idia Legre. So they let Idia Legre go free, and Madalena takes her place so that she can answer to her name and go to the guillotine with Chenier. So they would die together. Yes. And having done that, she appears to Chenier. They have a huge, huge reunion. And uh, they... And they sing an hour, a duet. They sure do. And boy, howdy, let me just tell you, this is the anything you can sing, I can sing louder duet. <laughs> Vicino a te. This is where... Next to you. This is this is what we wait for. This is why we love this opera. Not, I mean, the arias are great, and it's, and it's a wonderful opera all the way through. It's just fun, but this is it. This is the big payoff, because if you've got a soprano and a tenor who have truly spinto voices, and when I say spinto, we're talking about a, a voice type in Italian opera, which means it's just a little bit bigger than lyric. Somebody who can really ride over this giant orchestra and have some you to power seat, to the voice. Pin you back to your seat, mm-hmm. make your hair blow back. <laughs> What's interesting is that Giordano saves the best to last, if you like. Uh-huh. I mean, it all builds up to this very last element of the opera. Yeah. This big duet between Chenier and Madalena. Yeah. And basically what they're saying is, uh, I'm next to you, I'm, I greet death happily. It's the, their apotheosis. Yeah. They will die together. They will be united forever in love. Yeah. End of act four, end of opera, let's all go home. End of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I make light, but it's, it's really, boy, I, you know, if you get two singers who can really do justice to this, it is thrilling beyond measure, especially... You know, as they embrace and they, uh, in many productions, you know, you see the guillotine and they walk toward it or they get under the tumbrel. And it's just, it's so powerful. Verismo's scores, and, and this one in particular, they kind of work like movie scores, you know. They take your emotions and just heighten them in, in every dramatic situation. You know, whatever the, the, the emotion is, the score just takes, takes that emotion and, and magnifies it intensely. What is also interesting is the, the the revolutionary theme here 
which we see played out in several operas. We see it in Fidelio, for example. We see it in Tosca, Cavaradossi, and here in Andrea Chenier. There is great drama in that conflict. Yeah, because the that political are so conflict. High. The stakes are so high. Which is also a personal conflict. Umberto Giordano's Andrea Chenier. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.